and welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. We're your host, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Rani Palomar. Our topic today is the world of service. Services that have started to support people in life-changing and life-challenging times with the example of the Ceres Project, a collaborative effort to cook for and feed people who are dealing with cancer. Healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time today on An Organic Conversation. You know, there are a lot of projects these days, and we've featured a lot of projects on our show that heal with food, and we've also featured projects that heal with service. And one of the things that's so great about this project is it does both and mm. so much more. And I'm really excited to dive in and hear about all of that. Yeah, yes, and, and nourishment comes in so many forms, right? It can come in the form of a really great meal, or it can come in the form of just the fact that someone cares enough to bring something into your life that you need. Um, so I, it can really have a big effect on just about any community. So I, yeah. I'm really interested in finding out more about the project too. Yeah, and cooking for somebody else, um, I, I have this dream of mine. We had a show on food carts, if you guys remember, a year ago or so, that pop up in larger cities all over, including here in San Francisco where this show is produced. And the idea of having a soup cart, I always loved the idea of soup kitchens where it's so simple soup is so nourishing you know it's it's liquid it's nutrients Easy it's the gesture of yeah beautiful so maybe one day we'll have an, an organic conversation soup cart Count out there in. yes but first so as you know each week we either do like a week's review or some sort of additional banter Helga you were telling me about the the pesticide use on plant-based agriculture products and kind of what that effect has on the animals yeah a plant-based diet doesn't mean that you don't cause harm to animals if you choose non-organic for example the pesticides leaching into the waterways riparian habitats fish bird life i mean there's there's an entire world that is affected by plant-based agriculture and by plant-based diets i think if you are really choosing a diet that means no harm and especially no harm to animals it needs to be organic otherwise you will cause harm inevitably um and tofu as a yes, meat substitute USDA. usda big change congratulations to usda for acknowledging and accepting tofu as a meat substitute you know 85% of the soy in this country is uh, gmo yes genetically engineered yes and so it would be really great that uh, parents could know what sort of soy their kids were being fed if they were choosing that in the school lunch. Absolutely. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Bouquet. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And coming up is our conversation with the woman who started the Ceres Project, an effort to cook healthy meals for people with cancer and other life-threatening illnesses that has now become a national model. Healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time, only here on An Organic Conversation. That and more when we come back. Stay tuned. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helber. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. 
Our topic today is healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time. In a nation, one pays taxes to the government so that the government is empowered to offer services to all people in any and all circumstances of life. The social network, and I'm not talking about Facebook, the real social network is all of us making sure that all of us are tended to, cared for, held, nourished, and listened to in all moments of life, especially when things are difficult. It is shameful that old people die in their apartments without us knowing about it. It is shameful that homeless people freeze to death this winter in the wealthiest and most powerful country on this planet. But then again, power has nothing to do with love. We have to step in when the services are not provided, and this is exactly what happened in our story today. Healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time, the Ceres Project, which provides healthy meals to people in cancer therapy, which was started by one woman and is now becoming a national model. We're delighted to have with us now, calling in from Sebastopol, California, Catherine Couch, the executive director and founder of the Ceres Project. Catherine, are you there? I am. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being with us today. Wonderful. You are busy this time of, of year and really throughout. There's no real season, we assume, because there's no season for illness. We want to talk about all the ways that Sarah's is healing communities, the, the people you serve as well as the people you work with. Can you tell us exactly what, what Sarah's does and how it works? Community Project is a, an integrated model that's designed to build um, community health for everyone involved. And so we, we do a, a bunch of different things that are all interconnected. Um, we bring young people 13 to 19 into the kitchen and into the garden now as well um, and give them a chance to learn about cooking and eating healthy food. And they work as volunteer gardeners and chefs, and the meals that they prepare um, support um, families and individuals throughout um, Sonoma and Marin County directly and now in many other communities who are dealing with some sort of health challenge. Uh, many of our clients are dealing with cancer, but we also deal with people who are um, struggling with a whole host of other issues. And there's something very powerful about bringing um, young people into that experience, um, both for our clients and for the people uh, and for the teens themselves. We also provide a whole range of educational programs around um, the relationship between diet and, and health outcomes. And the whole project is designed to strengthen social networks um, because there's a huge amount of research um, that shows that when we are connected in meaningful ways, we say heart-centered ways with one mm. another, we are happier and healthier. And in fact, I just read a study the other day that said that people who are in strong social networks there was a, a, a collection of studies that were reviewed, and people who are in strong social networks were 50% more likely to be alive an average of eight years later than people who weren't. The, the, I also read recently that being the, the feeling of being disconnected or the experience of being lonely is as bad for us as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, wow. drinking six drinks, and it's twice as bad for our health as being overweight. The hunger for connection. Yeah. And, you know, in my experience with series, my, my own kind of direct experience as this program has evolved and grown over the last five years is that our deepest longing as human beings is to know that we matter. And that shows up in a lot of different ways. And it is, you know, the first year that we were providing meals to people, 
you know, the number one thing that clients said to us is, I can feel the love in the food, and it feels like the whole community cares. And it does. And, and those were their deepest expressions of, um, of what, the, the, deep, the deepest expressions back to us about what they were getting out of having this, the, this, these meals delivered. It's like what Mark was saying at the beginning, too, which is nourishing coming in so many forms. And with series, it's fresh, healthy meals, it's education, it's service, it's connection, it's nourishment on all of these levels. How, how did it start? Was that your original intention, was to have kind of this integrated, interconnected approach to Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could have done it for that. <laughs> uh, that would have been really insightful on my part. <laughs> Hardly. Uh, so I... Um, um, I have uh, been a professional cook for many years and also have a, a master's in business and did nonprofit work. And what happened was, it, you'll love this story, in the summer of 2006, um, someone that I knew called me up and said, um, my daughter Megan uh, needs to get a job this summer and I want her to learn how to cook and I think you should hire her. And I was chefing at a retreat center at the time. And, you know, you just don't hire someone for catering who doesn't, literally doesn't know how to hold a knife. I mean, mm. you just don't do that. And so I tried to kind of pawn it off, and, you know, it's it's a complicated story. There were some family issues and so forth. And, you know, finally she said to me, I really want Megan to spend time with you. And so I've learned in my life that the universe knows what it's doing, and, um, you know, we, we... you know, our job is to say yes. And so I ended up creating a project for seven weeks in the summer of 2006 with this 17-year-old who I'd never met before. And we, we got together one afternoon a week, and we cooked for three families who were dealing with illness. One was a family of four. The mom was stage four metastasized breast cancer, and the kids were 12 and 13 at the time. And the first day that Megan and I cooked together, the dad and that family stopped by to pick up the meals that we had made. And I introduced myself and Megan, and we started telling him what we had made for them. And, of course, there's utter relief on his face because everyone in the family is terrified. He is still working and also trying to kind of hold everything together for everyone. And the idea that they're going to be able to actually sit down to a dinner together and have a moment of normalcy is just a huge gift. And I, I kind of glanced over at Megan, and she looked about six inches taller. And, <laughs> and I was great. still totally in, okay, my seven weeks that I'm going to, you know, help this friend out moment. Um, and I had a lot on my plate at the time, and so this wasn't it – was, it was a little bit of an, an annoyance, you know, when she, got, when she called me. And what <laughs> happened literally was three weeks later, I woke up at 7 in the morning, and I just had a complete gestalt of um, – of this as a nonprofit and realizing I, I have been passionate for many years about the fact that so few young people are learning how to cook. And if we don't know how to feed ourselves, we are at the mercy of marketers. And that's what we're seeing in our world. Kids are much, much less connected to food. And when I was at the retreat center, so many people would come hang out in the kitchen and I would say to them, of course, the kitchen is where people always want to be. I would say, do you like to cook? And people would say one of two things. Either I don't have time or I don't know how. And I grew up in a family where we cooked everything from scratch. I've been cooking since I was really young, and it's, it's second nature to me. And I realized that cooking has become like rocket science. Mm. It's become this foreign skill set mm-hmm. that people feel excluded from. And how terrifying that is to think about raising a whole generation that views feeding themselves that way, right? Yes, so, so it, true. Um, so, 
and I and so that I had been wrestling with a lot of these questions around our relationship with food, and I actually had started writing a book um, about it when this idea came. And I realized I had run a home delivery service for ten years and um, cooking for many people who were sick. It was all organic, vegetarian. Then we added some small amounts of of um, sustainably raised animal protein, but I, I knew I had a really um, unique skill set to try to do this and so I just felt like the universe was saying you know here dear here's your job <laughs> and, right. um, and really you know it's funny to say this now but all I got was get kids in the kitchen and cook for people who are sick and we started in a church kitchen in March 2007 with me and six teens cooking for four families. And we want to hear about how all that came together. Um, you're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And with us is Catherine Couch, the executive director and founder of the Sarah's Project. In our show today, Healing Bodies, Healing Hearts, One Meal at a Time, the Sarah's Project provides healthy meals to people in cancer therapy or with other serious illnesses and has become a national model. Mark, um, I think you had a question around the food itself. Yeah, Catherine, I was wondering, I mean, this this story just is just opening my heart so much right now. And I'm wondering, so the food itself, how do you make it disease-specific? I mean, you're talking about these people with these life-threatening illnesses, and right. is there something around when you're working with the kids and you're setting up meals, is it just that we're going to make uh, salad and lasagna today and that's going to go out to everybody, or is there a, is there a more specific focus to what's going on? <laughs> well, you said lasagna. If it was lasagna in our kitchen, it would be whole grain pasta with uh, kale in it and probably something else as well. Um, so we, we don't do specific diets for specific illnesses. Um, and we have a cookbook called Nourishing Connections. And what we advocate is a whole foods, primarily plant-based, fresh and local diet. And when you look at kind of the mess we're in, in terms of eating habits in the country, if people just got the white foods out, and added a bunch of vegetables, most people would be 99% better off mm -hmm. and stayed away from processed food. Um, so we're, we're not, so that being said, everything in our kitchen is organic. We source as locally as possible. Everything is made from scratch and we deal with a whole range of dietary restrictions. When people are dealing with a serious illness, many of them get motivated to think about their diets in different ways and I personally believe that if someone decides that being vegan is going to be healing for them or if they decide that, you know, not eating eggplant is going to be healing for them, that I'm going to support, we're, we're going to support that provided it's not white sugar and white flour and, you know, garbage. So we pretty much cater to what our clients need within the, within the framework of Whole Foods. Um, so we deal with people that are eating no animal protein, no fish, no tofu, um, no gluten, no dairy, no crucifers, no nightshades, all those different things. And we, we build the menus accordingly. Wow. And since the start of Sarah's and that website is Sarah's Project, C-E-R-E, sproject.org, sarahsproject.org. Since the start in 2007, meals have been prepared and cooked yeah. by youth for people that need the support. 
during their time of illness. Um, we are speaking with Catherine Couch, who is joining us today from Sebastopol, California, the founder and executive director. Catherine, stay with us. We'll take a quick break, and we want to know how you possibly manage to put all this together every single day. You know, talk about the the education that comes with it. I'm, I'm sure your work is life-changing beyond um, overcoming the the illness itself. Again, that's Catherine Couch, the executive director and founder of the Sarah's Project. Today on An Organic Conversation, stay tuned for more. in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. Our topic today is healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time. We have to step in as a society when the services by the government are not provided. And this is exactly what happened in our story today. One Meal at a Time, the Sarah's Project, that's sarahsproject.org, provides healthy meals to people in cancer therapy or with other serious illnesses, which was started by one woman and is now becoming a national model. And that one woman, the executive director and founder, is with us today, Catherine Couch, who's joining us from Sebastopol, California. Hey, Catherine, listening to this, the whole conversation we've been having so far it makes me wonder, how does this come together on a daily basis? Where do you get your food from? How is it delivered? How is it served? How do you get 16 or 20 or 30 teenagers in a room and make all, show this stuff, <laughs> make all this stuff happen? How long do you have for the answer? <laughs> in two minutes. <laughs> uh, it's a really finely now orchestrated dance Machine. with literally, yes. I mean, we used to say it, it takes a hundred hands of, it takes a hundred hands a week to get the food to people, I would say it's probably now 500 hands. 
we get produce from a dozen or more farms in Sonoma County. We moved into a new facility last November, so we're in a 3,000-square-foot facility in downtown Sebastopol now. We have a walk-in. We have a 1,200-square-foot commercial kitchen. And is the food a, donated, or do you buy it? Um, this is, so all, this, what I just said now in terms of farms is all, all do, donated. Uh-huh. Um, we also get half off all of our organic poultry and sustainably caught seafood from um, Oliver's Markets. Um, every week we get free mushrooms from Gourmet Mushroom. Um, we're spending right now about a dollar thirty a meal for completely organic wow. food, most of it local, and that includes a whole host of medicinal herbs that we use in a line of things that we call supplemental food products. Um, so a huge amount of food being donated. What kind of supplemental food products would those be? We make a, a very potassium-rich alkalinizing vegetable broth that uh-huh. has four Chinese herbs in it that we call immune broth. And for our clients that are well enough, we, um, we give them what we call immune broth in a box so they can brew it for themselves. Um, makes about three quarts a week. We make a sprouted coconut almond butter little thing that we call Vital Bites. It's a coconut almond butter base that has seven adaptogenic herbs in it that we formulated with some herbal advisors specifically for people going through cancer treatment. We make our own sauerkraut. We make a fresh ginger glyceride for nausea. We make a smoothie mix um, for people that are having trouble keeping weight on and or or, um, aren't able to eat solid food. I think there's oh, a nori nettle spice blend, a couple of other things. So those are all free to our clients. They have to order them um, because they have herbs in them. So they have to sign an informed consent statement. So all that, so what we provide, we provide four complete dinners every week, a soup, a salad, a dessert for everybody in the family and any supplemental foods that the clients order. We also provide to our clients Redwood Hill Dairy Goat Kefir that's donated to us and a whole line of herbal green and herbal teas that are donated to us. There's something really important that that you just said that I think is critical that maybe some other models haven't quite embraced yet, which is you said you do all of this for every member of the family. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's two reasons. One is if you're only cooking for the people that, that that are sick, the person that's sick, you're not relieving stress in the family. The second one, which is actually more important, is you want the family, you don't want the person who's sick to feel like they're on a special diet and they're like isolated from everyone else. Sure, excluded. And and thirdly, we are committed to actually having people come out the other side eating a healthier diet. And if you change their diet and you haven't changed the family's diet, Mm -hmm. then that poor person is like got an uphill battle afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if we want the whole family to have this experience together for a whole host of reasons, from you know, obviously relieving stress, but even more importantly, that they enter a healing path together around food. Wonderful. That's very, very insightful on your part. And so how does, if you really just guide us through quickly through a day, yeah, the food yeah. comes the day before or early in the morning. So the, the food actually comes all week. We cook now Monday through Thursday afternoons from one to six. Um, we cook Monday, Tuesday, deliver Wednesday afternoon to about half our clients. And then we cook Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday, and deliver Friday morning to the other half of our clients. So food is coming. We get food deliveries to the kitchen all week long. We get a big delivery on Monday from our half-acre food production garden and from a partner of ours called Woe Farm over in Santa Rosa. We get um, about eight dozen um, free-range eggs a week from them as well as produce. Um, but we pick up produce from Whole Foods six days a week and you know, various other sources. Mm-hmm. So kids, um, we have a, an adult, a, a group of adults who come in Monday morning from 10 to 12, and they do some prep that helps the kids who come at one kind of get started on their day. 
teens are in the kitchen. There's, uh, I'd say, 12 to 18 teens a day that are in the kitchen at ver- on various shifts um, from 1 to 6. Um, each shift that the teens are there, we take a half-hour break from 3.30 to 4. So it's like an after-school program in a way. They so can go to a, school. It's an, it's an after-school program. We have a, also have a group of homeschooling kids. And in Sonoma County, there's a, a bunch of the schools that have early days, different days. So mm-hmm. we, have a, we have kids that come at, can come every day at 1. Great. So from 3.30 to 4 every day, we take a half-hour break, um, and we sit in our meeting room together with the kids, and we have a pretty formal now um, teen education program that includes nutrition education, leadership development, impact of our food choices, hunger, and then clients' visits. So we just did it earlier this summer. We did a two-week block on hunger in Sonoma County. We had people from the food bank come, and we took the kids through a program called Hunger 101, where you walk through on a website, like, how do you actually feed your family for, you know, $139 a month? And really looking at the, we, in Sonoma County, one out of six people are, are getting food assistance. Um, and what does that really look and feel like? We do, um, you know, all the phytochemical, why eat the rainbow, and we make green smoothies. Right now, the kids are working on, they're going to be creating a local foods dinner for the teens themselves. And they're working, in, they're working in groups for each part of the meal, and they're going to be sourcing everything from within, within 100 miles. That's so amazing. You're not just healing the clients, the families. You're also healing the kids, um, yeah. their relationship to food and their relationship yeah. to one another. Again, that's Kathleen Couch, the founder and executive director of the Ceres Project, Healing Bodies, Healing Hearts, One Meal at a Time. Today on An Organic Conversation, I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And Kathleen, we want to hear about food education, um, the young people that are involved, how it changes everyone's lives to be part of this. We'll take talking about produce. We'll take a super quick break to allow the wisdom of our co-host Mark Mokehi to shine. Stay with us. We'll take another quick break, but we'll be right back with more. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mokehi. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. Today's show is healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time. Stay tuned. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. Spicely Organics' emphasis has long been on the natural health benefits of organic spices. And now, Spicely is excited to share more health benefits with the introduction of their hand-blended organic teas. Choose from black, green, white, mate, oolong, pu'er, and herbals blended with their signature spices like vanilla rooibos, sweet turmeric, and honey lavender. Spicely Organics, teas, spices, and dried herbs at your natural food store and online at Spicely.com. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. 
Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic today is healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time. Here's the weekly update of what's going on in the world of produce. What's in season, Mark? Well, what's in season? It, well, you know what, Helga? It's date season. And I'm not talking about the kind of date that involves a nice hike or a sunset or a quiet dinner or a candlelit lit bath. It, it could. <laughs> well, we could be talking about that, but we'd be off of what's in season. We're talking about those amazingly luscious, gooey, decadently sweet fruits that are one of the oldest fruits on the planet um, that this time of year are fresh. And even though we see them year round, this is when they're, they're being picked and they're fresh and they're amazing. And of course, on the line with us, we have Earl Herrick from Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco, the voice Yay. of the market, calling to talk to us about <laughs> date season. Hey, Earl. Ah, hello, everybody. How's it going? Hi, Earl. Well, we know we're going to talk about Mother Nature's confection today. Oh, mm. I mean, just perfect, <laughs> wonderful, sweet. I mean, you know, sugar rushes is what you're going to get eating dates. You know, California grows 95% of the dates that are that are available in, in well that are that are grown in the United States, and 90% 95% of all dates are, consi- are consist of two varieties: the medjool and the deglet. Now, there's at least a dozen different varieties grown, but those two consist of, like I said, 95%. Mm. You know, dates are harvested right now, you know, October, November. So, you know, it, you know, whenever I think of dates, I think the holiday season is here. And, and what, growing up in Ohio, oh, I always knew that that was what was going on. <laughs> now, after they're harvested, because you see dates all year round, so they get stored. And the interesting thing about uh, dates is, I, I don't know, for me, I think of them as a, as a dried fruit, but they're not dried. They're a fresh product that happens to be dry. They're low in, in moisture, mm-hmm. and that aspect actually allows them to, to be handled in a certain way that we have them all year round. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we freeze them after we harvest them. Organically, that's the way that you control the pest. So for about one to two weeks, they actually get frozen. But their low moisture, temp, their low moisture content allows them to be frozen and then thawed, and you don't even know it. And and the so conventional grower would be using malathion to get rid of those pests, as opposed exactly. to doing the freezing process. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The, um, and, 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 and like many other products grown, it's, it's highly intensive. It's a, hand, it's a hand project. They have to pollinate them. They, you know, they're, they're grown on tall palm trees, and, and each palm has all these stalks. And, and you've got to get a ladder, crawl up there, and encompass each stalk in a plastic netting, which protects it from birds and rain. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty intensive. It's pretty intensive. So if you ever wonder why dates cost what they cost, that's the reason. You know, it's a lot of handwork, as you said. So, Earl, what are are your growers telling you about what the date season going to look like? Are are they abundant? Are they around? Are they good supply? 
great growing season because the, the biggest challenge is uh, excessive moisture. Mm-hmm. And that's why, of course, they're grown in the desert. But, you know, that's still, you can still have flash storms, but we've had a great weather for it. We're going to see real good uh, supply, which always makes for steady production. So prices will be, <laughs> will be stable, if not, if not low, for the consumer? To get some good organic dates? You know, I've seen more and more organic dates every year, so I would think there's going to be more. Uh, so that equals better supply. We're going to see some good uh, promotions right around the holidays because I think that's when most people look for dates. And what's a couple other varieties that you oh. will be carrying or that are on the marketplace uh, that people would be looking for? Yeah, in October, November, you're going to see more varieties that you may not see in March and April because they're not as grown the supply is not as strong my one of my favorite is called a barhi another one is called a honey and then a couple other varieties is a zahidi and a halawi mm-hmm. he wasn't going to say that on air but i got it out I well think. you did a very <laughs> nice job of it yes so um well that's great Fantastic. earl uh and so for our listeners out there uh please go out and buy some dates now is the time now they are at their gooey sweetest uh, lusciousness that you could possibly find And dates are really high in carbohydrates, and they're a good source of A and C, and they're also a great source of B-complex vitamins. So while you're enjoying this, they're actually very good for you. And when you're looking for fresh dates, they can be wrinkled, but they shouldn't feel hard. They should be plump and have a slight glossy glossy look to their skin. And when you get them home, you can keep them out of the refrigerator. They'll store great out of the refrigerator for up to a couple months. But if you want to just keep them for a little bit longer the rest of the year, then you can store them in the refrigerator. And right now is their time. You'll get them all year round, but now's the time to go buy them. So go out and, uh, you know, have a date. Earl, are you still there? I am. How, what's your favorite way of eating it? Just popping it in your mouth? Because in, in Germany, I know there's even bread now that incorporates dates. Of course, those come from Morocco, um, yeah. and they have several dozen varieties. Um, when I traveled to Agadir a few years ago, um, it was fascinating. Literally 24, 30 varieties from yeah. you know, coconut size almost to tiny, tiny olive size. Mm-hmm. Bread, baking, how do you eat them? I like them fresh, and my favorite is the medjool date, which is generally the biggest one around. And I like to stick a, a roasted almond right in the middle of it, take the pit out, and eat the almond and, and the medjool Ooh, date together, nice. and that's my favorite. I want to mention one other thing. Later in the year, you, you can see some discoloration sometimes, and that is generally crystallized sugar. And all that means is that mm. it's it's been off the tree for a while, and the natural sugar is crystallized. You know, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Wonderful. It's Thank you, Earl. Thanks so much, Date season. Thanks so much. (laughs) Have a good one. We'll have you back next week. Thank you. And of course, dates are always a good source of happiness, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's actually the point that I wanted to make. Interesting, because um, Earl had said something about sugar rush. Dates actually have tryptophan in them. So it's a precursor to serotonin. So it increases your... Of course you knew that. (laughs) Really? But but I would like to know. What it does is it kind of, it mellows you out a little bit, too, because of that happiness and kind of like calming effect. It's one of the things that I say, if you you have kids who really are craving something sweet, give them some dates, stuff it with an almond or a cashew, like Earl said. It's such a great sweet fix, but it doesn't give them kind of that hyperness. Yeah, amazing, Mark. Mark Mulcahy, your wisdom combined with Earl's is just amazing to me every week. That's the What's in Season with Mark Mulcahy. Thanks, Mark. We have Catherine Couch on the phone with us, still joining us from Sebastopol, California today, the founder and executive director of the Ceres Community Project. That's ceresproject.org. 
healing bodies, healing hearts, one meal at a time, an organization that provides meals, 130,000 meals, in fact, since 2007, since it started uh, using student labor and student uh, help to cook healthy meals for people with life-threatening illnesses. Yeah, and I wanted to dive into what, um, Catherine, you were saying before we went to our break, which is kind of the impact that this has on the youth who are helping to create the meals and the education that's going into it. What have you observed as far as how this project has changed the lives of those who work with you in addition to those who you serve? I mean, do you have some stories that you've observed over the years about the impact this work is having on them? Yeah, um, lots. And I think, you know, we, we now have, we've had kids from 35 schools in Sonoma County. And one of the things that we realized early on is it's very, very powerful for teens. I don't know if, and if you guys can remember, I can remember what it was like to be in high school. And, you know, as one teen described, you know, the, the crucible of, of um, social pressure that teens are under when they're, you know, in their peer group and are they in the right peer group and are they, you know, cool or not cool. And these kids are coming from lots of different schools and often don't know anyone else in the kitchen when they arrive. Um, and so there's this freedom that they find in the space to, um, to be themselves and to be accepted as part of a team outside of that dynamic. And we have kids who, who are in continuation high schools. We have kids who are seriously ADHD. We have kids who are transitioning out of foster care and we have kids who are valedictorians and they're at, at the space, you know, as part of a team at series, when they're standing around a table peeling carrots or sautéing onions or, do, or mopping floors, none of that stuff matters. And so there's an enormous amount of, of freedom, I think, for the kids who are more traditionally considered at risk. There's a sense of, um, oh, my gosh, you know, I can belong in this kind of productive, high-capacity um, high yeah, group. safe community. Right, and for the kids who are more traditionally high achieving, there's a place in which their their hearts open, and there's more compassion for working with a variety of kinds of kids. We have one boy who's from a, um, a home for develop, developmentally disabled boys, um, and um, you know he's part of the team. So that I think is really powerful. The other thing that I would say is the connection between clients and teens is really huge. And at least every seven, um, six or seven weeks, we do a two-week block where every day a client comes and sits with the kids and talks about being, you know, the rug being pulled out when you suddenly hear that you have this diagnosis or that diagnosis, the struggle of dealing with illness. Um, we've had clients who are terminal, who, are, who know they're terminal, who, who sit with the kids. And they talk about the difference that the food makes and the difference that the kids have made for them. And literally every kid who works at Ceres has at one time or another had someone look at them and say, thank you for saving my life. And for me, that's really the deepest part of our work. I mean, jokingly, all of our kids know how to cook kale and eat kale. But to have someone, you know, at any age, at our age, at 56, to have someone say thank you for you know helping save my life is huge but when you're 14 or 15 or 16 that's really life-changing and I think what we believe is that every kid who comes through our program we want them to leave understanding that they have the capacity to make a difference in the world and that that's something that that they will not lose so that the set their sense of who they are changes that's so lovely and that is Catherine Couch the founder 
of the Ceres Project, ceresproject.org, who's joining us today, Catherine Couch, um, calling in from Sebastopol, the home place of the Ceres Project, which now has become a national model. And Catherine, we want to hear from you how people can get involved that need your help um, really throughout the country now being emulated. Stay with us. We'll take another quick break, but we'll be right back with more. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Today's show is Healing Bodies, Healing Hearts, One Meal at a Time. Stay tuned. Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family owned and operated since 1980, dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming. Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Spicely Organics offers more than 200 different organic spices and dried herbs to choose from. Classics like oregano and cumin, exotics like aji amarillo, and blends like tikka masala. Spicely helps nourish your body while embracing sustainable, eco-friendly, and ethical practices always. Take wellness into your own hands and creativity into your own kitchen. Spicely Organics, teas, spices, and dried herbs at your natural food store and online at spicely.com. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Our topic in this hour is Healing Bodies, Healing Hearts, One Meal at a Time, the Ceres Project. That's Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, project.org. We're speaking with the founder and executive director how she was able to create an organization that since 2007 has provided 130,000 meals using student power to cook for people with serious illnesses, including and especially cancer. Before we dive back into that interview, though, here's our weekly update on our world of health, our very own chef Sita, Sita Rani Palomar, with her holistic bite. 
Thank you, Helga. Well, you know, for me, detox has been such a present topic lately. And especially now as our bodies start to slow down and we start storing for the winter, gentle and ongoing detox will allow you to keep your energy and also keep kind of your healthy glow throughout these colder months. And one of the easiest ways to gently detox is when you sleep. It's when you sleep that your your systems power down and your detox, natural detox ability really amps up. And it's much more than just just sleep. It's how you sleep and what your body is tasked with doing while you sleep. And something that people kind of forget because we live in this super fast-paced society is to not eat before you go to bed. If you eat late, when you go to bed, your body is going to focus on digestion. It's like for some people, if you finish eating and you notice that you get cold all of a sudden, it's because all of your energy is being used to digest. If you do that when you're sleeping, then you don't give yourself all of the power that you can to detox from the day's toxins, from the various foods, just byproducts of being a human being. So I like to remind people that give your body a break before you go to bed. If you can, you want to take 12 hours between your meals. That's why breakfast is break fast. And the best time to do that is between the hours of 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. If you can finish eating by 8 p.m. and give yourself that much time to really detox and purify your body, purify your skin, then you will wake up with such a brightness in your skin, in your eyes, in your hair, in your energy. It is absolutely worth trying. If it's not something that's reasonable to do every day. Maybe most of the days of the week, you'll be really happy that you did. So that is um, this week's holistic bite is how to gently detox with better sleep. And it's all about cell regeneration overnight. Of course, the whole body recovers from a stressful day. Um, If you do put something on your skin, make sure it's really clean because otherwise your body will work again to filter out what's impure in your body care products. Yes, certainly. And that is really at nighttime when people think to do treatment. So doing something like a really restorative hydrating night cream or an eye cream or even an exfoliant that you can leave on while you sleep that's made with all plant-based organic ingredients. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Bukehi. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And we're in the final stretch in our interview with Catherine Couch, the founder and executive director of the amazing Ceres Project out of Sebastopol, which now has become a national model. Catherine, we talked before the break about the life-changing work it is on really every level. The kids, uh, especially at that age, 14 to 16, to belong, to have have be, been told that you know they made a difference, they maybe even saved somebody's life, something that will be with them and stick with them for the rest of their lives. How has this project changed you? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I feel like personally I've been on my very own cutting edge the whole time. M- my sense really is that, you know, I loved your, your introduction about what the show is about because my own personal experience is that this idea wants to come into existence now. And, um, and I, along with, you know, now thousands of people are shepherding it into existence. And we often talk about the last years that we've been apprenticing to what the model wants to be and what it, it actually looks like when it's fully exp- expressed in a community. And, you know, when you're bringing something into existence, I mean, when six, five years ago, you know, I pretty much was doing everything. 
and um, and as it's grown and changed, my role has grown and changed as well. Um, I had never asked anyone for money before I started this. I didn't like speaking in public, you know. So now you're doing a, both. There's been a lot of growing <laughs> and learning and and basically becoming, you know, who I needed to be in order to provide the the leadership and the vision that was needed um, for this to, to make make the difference that I think it, it can make for, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people eventually. And now you are asking publicly for money, actually doing both. But in, 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 in all seriousness, how is this funded? How do you get your, your support to um, keep this going? We are... Um, Funded primarily by individual donations, um, and we've been really blessed with people finding resonance with the idea and, and being willing to support us. Um, we have a growing amount of our funding coming from some really forward-thinking foundations, including Cliff Bar Family Foundation. Whole Foods is a huge supporter of ours, um, and they've been really instrumental to work with. In fact, they have developed in Sebastopol. They now About a year ago, they started making four recipes out of our cookbook and donating a dollar of every pint sold to the program. And that program, that deli program, is now in eight stores in Marin and Sonoma, and, and hopefully over the next year will be in all 37 stores in this region. So they've been really innovative in working with us. We also have a two-and-a-half-year grant from the USDA that is allowing us to do some tracking studies, which is really um, exciting for us, um, but primarily individual, individual donations. This is so exciting to hear about. I mean, I, all of us uh, are sitting here with a wide open heart and a mm. just mm. an amazing. We're, we're all grinning from ear to ear <laughs> listening good. to you. And so, th but it makes me wonder: what does the future of the Cirrus project look like? What I mean, what you, what do you have? What are you thinking about now for what Cirrus can be? Great. Well, we just um, completed a, a strategic planning process, and um, as as you guys mentioned. We've been approached over the last two years by um, about a half a dozen communities who wanted to replicate what we're doing. And so we have just committed to um, a pretty far-reaching national strategy. And um, by the end of this year, we'll have replicated in seven communities, um, including Summit, New Jersey, outside of Cleveland, Ohio, Nashville, Tennessee, Santa Cruz, Geneva, Illinois, outside of Chicago. Um, and we have a project in Marin and a small project in Napa as well. Um, we intend to be in 25 communities by the end of 2015. And, you know, to, to do that requires, you know, taking our understanding of what we're doing to a whole different level and, um, and really building the national partnerships that, that will be needed to make that happen. Um, the, the great thing is the core of what we're doing touches the, the most common human values. And so I sat this summer in front of about 40 people in Nashville who had all um, come forward because they were interested in helping the project there get off the ground. And everything I said resonated completely with people there. So we know that even though we started in Sebastopol, which is, you know, the heart of, you know, the whole organic and local food movement, that what we're talking about really touches everyone and everyone gets it. And so it's a model that can work anywhere. And at its core, it's incredibly simple. Every, every community has a kitchen sitting empty. Mm -hmm. Every community has food going to waste. Every community has families in need. And every community has teens that are longing to contribute. Well, and, and all we've done really is bring those pieces together. Yeah, <laughs> so easy. obvious yes. and, and so important and helpful. And actually, on that note, if somebody who's listening is interested in participating, whether it's they want to volunteer, they want to donate, or there's somebody who really wants to be a recipient of your meals, how can people get involved? Well, the easiest thing is to go to our web website, which is www.seriesproject.org, 
and um, there's a there's a tab for if you want if you want to uh, if you need if you need meals. There's a whole section for clients. Um, there's a donate button, and um, and we do a monthly volunteer orientation, which happens the third Tuesday of every month at our facility. And all of our educational programs are also listed. And I, I just want to put a plug in. Please, you know, please well, plug. It's probably not going to timing probably doesn't work, but we have a lot of educational programs, and um, and most of them are open to the public. Is there any limit, Catherine, of, of who can receive your services? Is there? Do you check income, or is this really we, we open have a, for we have any? A conversation about um, their means and about means, and also about support system. About two thirds of our clients, sixty percent of our clients, are people living alone with, with little or no support system. Yes. But we never we don't turn anyone away based on either of those things. Amazing work! Wonderful to have you on the show. That's Catherine Couch. Thank you, Catherine, for your great work and good luck for all the projects and plans for expansion. And again, if somebody hears this who wants to support, it's Sarah's project. C e r e s project. Dot .org Good luck Catherine we'll keep an eye on on your developments and support you in any way we can Thank you so much it was really a pleasure talking with all three of you Thank Wonderful you, to have you thank yeah. you That's Catherine Couch the executive director and founder of the Sarah's project Healing Bodies Healing Hearts one meal at a time um, which started in 2007 and so far has provided 130,000 meals to people with serious illnesses including cancer using donations of food and donations of time by students. Wonderful initiative. That was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thanks for listening. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. 